Welcome to the Mindful Vitality Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Braddock, registered nutritionist, science nerd, and chocoholic. I'm here to break down the science behind gut health, hormones, and metabolism so you can feel confident, sexy, and happy again. I fully believe that knowledge is power and you have the ability to heal yourself. Let's dive into the episode. Hey guys, so we are back. I took a bit of a summer hiatus um, from the podcast. Lots going on, lots to update you on. But let's start off with talking about, um, first of all, how is it September already? I feel like the summer flew by. And, you know, it's been a rough few months with all that's gone on with COVID. And I think a lot of us have really gotten off track and away from our healthy habits. Um, I know myself even, I, I do a lot of meal planning and prepping. And, you know, when we were working from home and everything was shut down, my boyfriend and I didn't do nearly enough, if at all, any um, meal planning and prepping ahead of time. So it was always, uh, oh yeah, we have lots of time for that. And then it's a mad dash at dinner time. So I think this is the perfect time of year to get back into those healthy habits. But it's also a really stressful time of year, especially for those of you who are maybe going back to work as a teacher or um, you have children going back to school. There's a lot of change, right? And so let's talk about how we can get back on track and, and some of these healthy habits we can start up again without it being stressful for us. We don't need to... First of all, do some big, huge lifestyle and diet and everything overhaul. We need to take small steps that are achievable for us and be realistic with the time that we have and the energy that we have. If we try to do too much when we're in a busy, stressful phase of life, it's just going to add more stress to us and we're less likely to succeed and more likely to have this downward spiral and telling ourselves, oh, clearly I'm never going to be able to get back on track and I'm never going to be healthy again and this is my life now and it's just this whole downward spiral, right? We don't want that. What happens is, and we'll talk more about this in detail in a moment, but in general, it's human nature that when we succeed at something, we feel good, we feel confident, we feel optimistic, we feel like, hey, I can do this. So what we're going to talk about this week is really taking stock of who are you right now? And what do you tell yourself about who you are? So maybe you're at a place in your life where you're feeling stuck and the things you're telling yourself in your head are, oh, I'm a junk food junkie, or I can never turn down a sweet, or I'm failing just like I did last time, or making um, healthy choices and meal planning is just too hard. I don't have time for that. So that's what you're telling yourself. But also look at who do you want to be? Like, what does your ideal self look like? What does she wear? You know, is she, does she travel? Does she work from home? What does she do with her spare time? What kind of things does she say? What's her attitude like? Who does she hang out with? And yeah, just what is she all about? If who you are right now is very different from who you want to be, this ideal you, then we need to take steps and figure out what goals we can set and break them down into very small, achievable goals to build this momentum to get you moving forward. 
So think about, you know, say your habit is you've gotten into eating some extra sugar and carbs um, while you watch TV. So every night you watch TV and you get these sugar and carb cravings, you end up overdoing it on sweets, and then you beat yourself up about it. So if the person you want to be in the future is someone who is healthy and active and has no pain or brain fog and just feels amazing, then the person you want to be doesn't really eat a lot of sugar, right? So how do we get you from where you are now to there without judging yourself? So first we have to look at, you know, what is the cue? Why are you having these cravings in the first place? Usually there's a cue for it. So for many people, you know, watching TV is a cue to have a snack. So maybe we can think about shifting that routine to do something else in the evening. Or maybe a cue is, you know, you've had a stressful day at work. Or maybe it's um, after dinner, you have to have something sweet because that's what you've always done growing up. Or maybe this cue is, you know, when you hang out with a certain person and they like to have sweets, so you end up having it with them. So we really have to break down, you know, what is the trigger for these behaviors and find out how we can modify that in order to be successful. And then we have to look at, especially when it comes to things like food cravings or even what exercise, say, for example, what are your feelings beforehand and what are your feelings when you do the thing or don't do the thing? So let's look at exercise. What are your feelings beforehand? Maybe your feelings are, oh my God, I'm too tired from a long day at work. I don't have the energy to go for a run. I just want to lay here and relax. And in general, you're maybe you're feeling stressed, you're feeling tired, you're feeling frustrated with your job. But what feelings do you want to feel instead? Let's look at it that way. How do you want to feel? You don't want to feel frustrated and tired and stuck and all of those emotions, right? You want to feel happy and energized and calm. How do you get to those emotions, though? So for you, in the past, maybe, you know, reaching for carbs was your way to get there. And you may have felt good for a few moments. But then you feel worse, right? So what is the thing that will get us to those happy emotions without causing a side effect? And that could be exercise. Maybe it could be meditation or doing something creative. Whatever you know that works for you to boost those feel-good brain chemicals. Um, so then we have to look at, yeah, the response, like what happens after we do the behavior. So if it's a workout, compare how you feel before. So you're tired and maybe frustrated and moody to how you feel after. Likely you're feeling a lot more energized and happy and calm and really keep those emotions in mind because that'll be a motivating factor to keep you doing that and build this healthy habit. So in order for something to become a habit, it really needs to be consistently done for at least three weeks. So that's where the breaking it down into small achievable chunks comes in. So if you want to exercise more, I highly don't recommend signing up for like a boot camp or some intense HIIT workouts. First of all, you're more likely to injure yourself if you haven't been working out, but that's probably not doable for someone who hasn't already been working out regularly. So what is doable for you? What can you fit in your schedule? What can you commit to every single day this week? That's something that's doable for you. So maybe that's a 20 minute walk. Maybe that's doing a yoga video. 
Think about something that's doable for you. And maybe your goal is to do that for a week and then build on that, right? So maybe this week you do 20 minute walk every day. Once you've achieved that, then we can try adding something else. So maybe you're still doing your 20 minute walks, but now you're also doing 10 minutes of resistance exercise three times a week. So making these small goals, like you'll notice after a week of doing your walks, you're like, hey, look at me. I did this for every day this week and I feel great. You feel like you achieve something. You build that positive momentum to keep moving forward. And that's what we're looking for. When it comes to making these goals, I want you to think about not just how you feel and how you want to look or whatever it may be, but also how is it going to impact your life in the grand scheme of things? Is it going to make your relationships better? Is it going to make you be able to excel in your career and you know get the job you've dreamed of? Is it going to bring in more money for you? You know, there's so many factors that are, we have to align with our values, right? So if your value is to have a better relationship with your partner or maybe your children, look at it from that perspective saying like, okay, clearly my mood is off and I know it gets worse when I don't move my body and I eat a lot of sugar. And that's, start, that's starting to impact my relationship. I've been really irritable with my partner. So if I wanna have a better relationship, maybe I should look at making some changes and use that as a motivating factor, right? So you'll notice that as you start to make these changes and you feel better, your relationship starts improving and that'll give you even more momentum because that's aligned with your values. You value being close to your loved ones and that's bettering your life, right? So it's not just personal gain for you of looking better or boosting mood or improving your sleep or whatever it may be, but it's aligning with your values of the life you wanna live and the love you want to have. What if you were actually excited to get out of bed in the morning where you had enough energy to not just make it through the day, but to do the things you love with the people you love the most? Think about it. How do you feel in the life that you're living right now? Stuck, frustrated, how do you want to feel? You can get there and it all starts with healthy habits and a mindset shift. If you're ready but don't know where to start, it's the reset solution. It's time to press the reset button on your life because it's not just about looking good or even just feeling good. It's about living your best life and becoming the woman you've always wanted to be. You may look at me and go, wow, she's so healthy and so fit. She must have always eaten super healthy and done all this cooking and meal planning and followed a special diet. It hasn't always been this way, guys. It's only been the last maybe eight to 10 years or so, and I'm um, 37 this year. So most of my life, I wasn't doing these things, especially when I was in school. Don't even get me started on how much money I spent eating out and going to like takeout places when I was in school. So I want you to know that, you know, I've been there too, so I get it. Meal planning feels overwhelming. And the thing that really forced me to start doing meal planning and prepping was that my IBS got worse and worse. I had more and more food sensitivities. So I went to see a naturopath and she ended up um, putting me on a gluten-free, low FODMAP diet. 
which is pretty restrictive. So at that point, I'm like, okay, either I start doing some meal planning and prepping and, you know, having food that I can actually eat, or I'm basically going to starve. So I didn't really have a choice at that point. So I'm going to share today with you my method, the way that I usually plan my meals for the week and try to keep it nice and simple. And I'd love for you to follow along by grabbing my meal plan like a pro um, worksheet that I have on my website, mindfulvitality.ca. So the first thing I do, and this is an ongoing thing, is I have subscribed to a few blogs that um, make gluten-free and low FODMAP and paleo um, recipes. And what happens is when you subscribe to these blogs, they constantly send you um, emailed recipes. So I will open the email. If I like it, I will flag it and save it in a certain folder. So now when I'm ready to start doing my meal planning, I just go to my folder of recipes. So I always have recipes on hand. I don't have to waste time searching for recipes that I'm able to eat. Then I kind of start with looking at my schedule. What are my busiest evenings this week? Uh, Tuesdays, Brian has um, volleyball and some nights I work late. So those are where we start. We start with those days and we do either leftovers. So something we've pulled from the freezer or um, something in a slow cooker that we've had going all day. And if we're going to do leftovers and I think ahead and go, okay, so if Tuesday is the night that we need to have a meal right away and we don't have time to cook, when am I gonna prep my meal for leftovers for Tuesday? So oftentimes we'll do prep on Sunday and we'll make one or two things. So say I use a slow cooker on Sunday and I make a big batch of chili. And then that's gonna be my meal for Tuesday night because that's my busy night. I also make at least one meal for lunches. So oftentimes that's cooking up just some plain chicken breast. And I can do a lot of different things with that. So I've made that into curry chicken salad and put that in a gluten-free wrap. Um, I've made that into stir fry. Um, sometimes if I'm in a rush, I'll just you know cut it up by itself with some leftover veggies and have that for lunch. It's really versatile. So we often prep some plain chicken breasts like that as well. And the meal that we actually eat on Sunday dinner, we try to make that one have leftovers as well. So we have leftovers at least for Mondays. Now, as someone who is gluten-free and paleo, so pretty restrictive with carbs, um, I always prep at least one or two things because there's nothing that's convenient and easy and grab and go that's gluten-free and paleo. There's very, very few things out there. I usually make myself some healthy muffins and or some paleo tortillas. So I prep those, usually at least one of them on the weekend. And then another one I plan to make um, on an evening or afternoon when I'm home from work early. So I always have those on hand. The other factor we do is we make sure that my boyfriend and I are communicating. And if I have a day where I'm home late, I ask him very nicely um, if he would be okay with making dinner that night. So we plan ahead, make sure he has everything he needs because he works till five and I don't want him to have to go to the grocery store at five o'clock. That's a whole other storm of nastiness. So we make sure everything's planned out. He has all the ingredients and then he can cook dinner that night. We also plan ahead and make a big grocery list. Uh, my boyfriend likes to check the flyer, so he does that. 
I make a separate list for things that I need from the health food store. And then we divide and conquer. So he'll usually go to one of the bargain grocery stores like um, Freshco or No Frills. And then I'll go to Zayers and get whatever he can't find at the cheaper grocery store. And we make sure before we get our groceries, so I'm kind of going all over the place here. So let me step back and take a look at in order what we do. Usually we find our recipes. Then we take stock of what we have in the house. So we check our pantry, our freezer, and our fridge. And we look at what do we, what are the things we use a lot of that we should stock up on in general. So maybe like canned tuna or sweet potatoes. And then what are the specific things we need for the recipes we want to make this week? So this is where planning a full week's of recipes would really be helpful. I don't expect people to do that right off the hop, but it does really help, um, especially because going to the grocery store right now is not a simple and quick thing like it used to be. It's quite an outing, right? So we like to try and go just once a week if possible. So then we'll make our lists. And then we'll plan which days we're going to the store and which days we're going to cook. So usually that, like I said, we cook um, Sunday dinner and have leftovers. And I'll prep one other meal or snack on the weekend. And then we'll cook maybe two meals or so during the week that are big enough to have leftovers. Okay, so the other thing we need to think about in terms of meal planning and prepping is... So let's talk a bit about meal planning. I know a lot of people aren't crazy about meal planning, but hear me out. First of all, it doesn't have to be some big, difficult, complicated thing where you have to have your whole week laid out and every single meal and every single snack. And you have to give yourself wiggle room, right? Because first of all, life happens. And second of all, it's too overwhelming, especially when during this stressful phase right now, I don't expect people to go from never cooking and meal planning and prepping to all of a sudden doing all the things and making all these fancy elaborate meals every single night. That's not realistic, right? And it just sets you up for failure. We wanna start with something small that you're able to do and stick to. So think about it. Maybe this week, your one small thing for meal planning can be to make one recipe and a really large batch that you can eat for leftovers. That's a really great starting point. Maybe that's a slow cooker stew, and then maybe you make just one snack, like a batch of protein balls, and then that's your meal prep for the week, and you can figure out the rest as you go. Once you start making these small changes, and you're doing that every week for a couple weeks, you'll notice that it starts to become part of your routine and part of your lifestyle. And it doesn't feel like you're spending extra time doing it because it's already built into your every day. You'll also start to notice the more you're eating this healthy homemade food more consistently, that your mood is better, your energy is better, your productivity is better. You may start even losing some weight that you've been carrying around. There's so many benefits that, you know, we think we can just live off this convenience food and focus on, you know, work, work, work. But it's in the end, it's not going to benefit us. If we want to be productive and say, you know, advancing your career or growing your business is a main goal of yours, that's awesome. So yes, you, you probably do want to put in some extra hours. 
But meal planning allows you to do that. It's not taking away from, even if you spend a couple hours extra per week on meal planning, don't look at it as a couple hours less you have to actually work, but rather those a couple hours that you're taking for meal planning and prepping and having these healthy meals makes you able to do more work in less time. You can bang out so much more work and be more productive and more effective in the work that you do in less time when your brain and your body is fueled properly. Okay, let's talk a bit about special diets. Um, specifically, if you have IBS, there's certain things that you tend to avoid, um, especially if you're following a specific protocol from your practitioner, whether it's gluten-free or low FODMAP. Number one is vegetables. So in general with IBS, we have to avoid raw vegetables or certain vegetables maybe that are higher in FODMAPs. And that makes you limited, right? You can't just grab a handful of um, veggies and dip like some people do as a quick option or have a salad as a quick option. We always want to prep at least one cooked veggie dish. So for me, that's always a big old batch of roasted veggies, um, either in the oven or on the barbecue. So my main one is mushrooms, peppers, onions, and zucchini. And I'll roast that all up with some oil and spices. And then I have veggies for the week. And I can use them in many different dishes. And I don't have to worry about cooking a veggie last minute. I want you to also think about prepping your carbs. So if you're gluten-free, um, things like quinoa, brown rice, oats, these are all things that you can prep well in advance. So you just grab and go and you can mix it with, you know, if you've got your cooked chicken breast that you prepped and some cooked rice and some cooked roasted vegetables, you throw that all together, put on one of your sauces and some seasonings, and there you've got a meal. So always having your um, carbs prepped. And I always want you to have stuff in the freezer. So when we talk about batch cooking and you're making, you know, the couple meals per week in these large batches, always take at least one serving of that and put it in the freezer because now you've got your emergency backup meals. These are for weeks and days that life happens, you know, and we just don't have time or we're super stressed out and overwhelmed and we just need something to heat and eat. So you always need to have a couple of these in the freezer as your emergency meals. Or maybe two, it's, um, you know, a positive thing and it's a sporadic, oh, we're going to the cottage this weekend or my friend invited me to her cottage. Okay, well, I'm on a special diet and I don't have time to cook last minute. All I have to do is go to my freezer and grab those emergency meals and take them with me. I wasn't going to add exercise to my program, but then I thought, if I'm doing this whole body program and I want people to really experience this transformation, exercise has to be part of it. And it's not just for weight loss. Exercise is so important for boosting our mood, our self-esteem, for feeling strong and confident. And that's what I want you guys to feel. And so I'm working with my friend Andrea from Goals and Gains, and she's going to have resistance workouts, a new one every week that you can do at your own pace doesn't require any fancy equipment. And these are gonna be super simple, beginner level resistance workouts to help you build the muscle to feel confident and energized and strong and also slim down a bit without having to do crazy crash diets.
One of the most important things with healthy eating is never letting yourself get to the point where you're starving and hangry because that's when all the bad choices are made. We reach for whatever is closest, whatever is convenient, and that is never a healthy option. Usually, anyways. So what I want you to do is stock up. So we talked about having these emergency meals on hand, but you know, if life is really crazy and you don't even have a spare second to cook um, this week, I want you to go to the store where you know you can get meals and snacks that you can have and stock up on those. Yes, sometimes this may, means paying a premium, but it's well worth it to avoid the stress of having to cook something last minute or of going hungry. So for me, I've been stocking up on the low FODMAP gluten-free protein bars that I can eat. And I know there's a couple um, frozen options that I can eat as well from the health food store. So those I've been stocking up on because I know that the next few weeks are gonna be very busy and I want to have options on hand. It's time to finally do something for you. You've been everything to everyone and now you're just done. You're physically and emotionally exhausted and you know something has to change, but you're not sure what. It all starts with putting yourself first. It starts with realizing that your health matters. Figure out what matters most to you. Energy to play with your grandkids? Advancing in your career? What do all of these life goals have in common? To get there, you need your health. So choose you. Press the reset button on your life. Join a community of women who are ready to live their best life. Get the accountability and support that you need to build sustainable, healthy habits for lifelong health and happiness. Because it's not just about looking good or even just feeling good. It's about living your best life and becoming the woman you've always wanted to be. So we covered a lot in this episode. I just want to reiterate that healthy eating doesn't just happen and getting to those health goals that you have doesn't just happen. We have to be very intentional and, you know, plan ahead and set these small achievable goals that help us feel confident and motivated and give us this boost of self-esteem to be like, you know what, I can do this. So to this week, I really challenge you to sit down and journal on those um, things we talked about at the beginning, like who are you right now? How do you see yourself? What are your typical emotions? And what's the ideal you look like? How does she feel? What is her health like? And look at the difference between where you are now and where you want to be and let that guide your goal setting. So set your big end goal. Maybe that's lose 20 pounds and then break it down to really small steps that you're going to do to get there. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. Hey, if you have 30 seconds to spare, if you could leave me a rating and review in your podcast app, I would greatly appreciate it. It helps women just like you discover my podcast and start their own healing journey. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you next week.